That's why we dedicate our children to the Lord, isn't it? Because we know that whatever they face, God will see them through. Please turn with me to 2 Timothy this morning, a very encouraging passage of Scripture. I'd like to call this message this morning, A Faith Worth Living. Is your faith valuable to you? Are you grateful for it? You know, some people regard uh, religion and Christianity as not so much a, a positive thing, not so much something that they really enjoy and are grateful for, but as a duty or an obligation. And I think, you know what? This faith that we have is worth living. I wouldn't live any other way. How about you? Some Christians almost talk like they could, they wish that they could get away with living like the world does. They don't realize that the best life of all is the life that's living, that's lived before God. And here we have some great instruction from the Apostle Paul to younger pastor Timothy regarding the nature of this life. And we realize what a gift. What a treasure that we have. You know, it's an interesting thing happens to the church in difficult times. In times of trial and tribulation, the church has a way of strengthening its faith. In times of peace and prosperity, the church tends to flounder, become disoriented, lose its direction and priority. But in times of difficulty, the church tends to put the Lord first, get their values right. And realize how important it is to trust Him. <clears throat> you know, I just sense that with all of the trouble and the challenges in this world today, that there's a special work of the Holy Spirit going on in the hearts of people everywhere where they're asking the bigger questions. What's really important in life? You know, if when things are going wrong with my finances and there's trouble in the world and they're increasing stress... What's really important? Well, it's important for us to, to live the testimony of a faith that is truly worth living. Now, notice these words. And there is a, a favorite scripture here that I preached on a while back at the end of this passage. I want us to focus on this whole section of verses 3 through 7 this morning and see how really... The context leads to the very important statement in verse 7. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame or stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, it says in the NIV, 
but a spirit of power and love and discipline. The King James says, a sound mind. What has God given us? A spirit of fear? No. A spirit of power and love and a sound mind or discipline. How many of you are grateful for power and love and a sound mind? How many of you know that this is real? (laughs) That there is a real difference in the life of the believer who is open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their heart. There is a difference as we learn to trust in God and God establishes His kingdom in our hearts. There is evidence of power and love and soundness in the way that we live. Not everyone has this impression of Christianity and Christians. Have you noticed? I'll never forget a man I was talking to one time about, uh, about my faith and his faith, and I finally asked him the question. I said, well, how would you like to become a Christian? And he said, no, thank you. I already have enough problems. <laughs> and I realized that he had a frame of reference about Christianity that he really thought that Christianity was full of problems and held by people with problem people. And I took the opportunity to try to explain to him what the abundant life was really about. How many of you know that Jesus promised abundant life? John 10.10, look it up after the service if you don't have it already memorized. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is God's gift to us. And we realize abundant life is a faith worth living. How many of you have had some of that abundant life? Is that our testimony this morning? Absolutely. It's practical. It's real. It creates a a whole way of living that no one can understand unless they have themselves experienced the joy that only God can give. And so we realize that this gift that we have is precious and is worth living. Uh, our daughter, some of you know, is uh, studying now, uh, doing graduate work in education. She's going to New York. To, she's there with a core group with students from across the country. And uh, she noticed right away in the members of her, with the members of her cohort group that when she announced that she was a Christian and that she was a minister's daughter and grew up in church and that she practiced her faith. She immediately felt a coldness and a rejection from many students in her group. How many of you know what that's about? You felt that. And eventually she got aside with a few of them who could not understand how she could have grown up happy if she grew up in a minister's home. What's that? That's the misperception of the world. Don't you know that, that the media, that, that educators, philosophers, critics of Christianity promote that idea that if you're really going to live for God, that somehow that's a lesser life than being free to do anything you want in the world. Yet, Jesus taught that those who are free in Him are truly free. And those who are living in the the illusion of freedom in the world are in great bondage. 
And we as Christians know that that's true. She shared with us how she has enjoyed explaining how much fun it's been to grow up as a Christian. How much she enjoys her faith. And how good it is to be part of a Christian family and a church and a part of a faith community that provides a quality of life. And she said it's been amazing to see how the classes that they've had together, how the attitude has changed. And some of them are seeking her out. And they're asking her advice and asking her for prayer. And that's what happens when a light shines in darkness. But we've got to let our light shine. We've got to be faithful. We've got to realize that this world is hungry for something which goes beyond the material, something that they can see in us if we truly do live our faith. Now, I want us to get into this passage, dig in, and I want you to see specifically how it is that this is a faith worth living. Okay? Now, I want you to see between verse 3 and verse 7, 11 distinct characteristics that are related to a faith worth living. How valuable is our faith? Extremely valuable. And it's all here in the way that Paul speaks to Timothy regarding the value of our faith. He starts out by saying, and we're going to list them and number them, I thank God, which indicates what? Number one, a grateful attitude. Hallelujah. The believer has a grateful attitude. And why are we grateful? We have reason to be grateful. Because we know a loving God who ultimately has everything under control. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God. A grateful spirit is a marvelous thing. And the believer who really knows the value of his faith will have a grateful spirit that gives testimony of God's goodness. Number two, he says, I thank God whom I serve. What is that? A servant's heart. A characteristic of a faith worth living. The Apostle Paul had ascended to a high position in his career as a Pharisee among the Pharisees. Religious, successful in the world's eyes. But now he says, I'm a servant. I'm your servant. He stopped trying to climb the ladder of success and realized he that was the servant of all was the greatest, even as Jesus taught. Have you discovered that by now in your Christian life? That you'll never be satisfied trying to climb the ladder of success To beat out anyone else. That it's about submitting yourself to others. Being a servant and caring and showing support that we find the greatest joy of life. Number three. Paul says, whom I serve, that is the Lord, as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. A clear conscience. What a gift. huh? To have a clear conscience before the Lord. What does that mean? That means that our sins are forgiven. And we know it. It means we're free from our past failures and shortcomings. 
It means that we are free to do what is right and what is good. The blessing and the gift of a clear conscience. How marvelous. Number four. Notice this. As night and day constantly I remember you in my prayers. What is this? This is consistent prayer. Jesus said pray without ceasing, didn't he? How much is enough prayer? We never come to the point where we have prayed enough. For prayer is living. Prayer is dependency upon God. Prayer is trusting God. And Paul says, I pray for you, Timothy, consistently. What a blessing that is. I appreciate all of you that promised to pray. I hope you meant it. I trust that you did. Did you know that your prayers can make all the difference in the world regarding her life, her faith, the blessing of God in her life? I believe that God has blessed me and my family greatly because of the prayers of my mother and my grandmother and the prayers of Faith Chapel. As my name was mentioned here from the time I was a child, often in prayer request. And I believe that the blessings of God just continue and continue. We had an example of this this last week when uh, we realized that our little girl and her husband were planning to go to Egypt right when the riots were beginning to break out because for a year they had planned to go and attend a conference there and and their plans were to be in Egypt, not knowing this, but the day that the riots broke out. Now, uh, mom and dad watched the news more than their kids and they were kind of surprised that we were so concerned and so they Skyped us the night before they were going to leave to tell us everything's fine, we're leaving in the morning, we're all packed, don't worry about us, we were still praying. Okay. The next morning, they called back and said, well, our host called, who had said before that everything was okay, and the riot broke out in the street in front of their house, and they said, don't come. And so we've canceled the trip. And I said, are you sorry that you have parents that pray so hard for you that it ruins your trips? She said, yeah. (laughs) She says, no, but I don't really mean that. I'm grateful. And I think, wow, we really believe that God answered our prayers. The prayers of this church, the prayer keeping our children from danger. We don't know what's going to happen. And we can pray for our kids. That's part of a faith worth living, knowing that God answers prayer. Some of us uh, were at the memorial service on Friday. How many of you knew the principal of Hope School for 25 years? And let me tell you, he was a man of prayer. You couldn't get in his office and get through any business or any conversation without a prayer, a blessing, or a prayer for guidance. And it was wonderful to see the next generation of his family standing up giving testimony of God's goodness and the quality of life. You know, I look at his life and his prayer and his prayers that are continuing after he's gone. And you know what? He had a life worth living because he had a faith worth living. And we should all be so fortunate as to learn from his example and the example of others. 
And I'll never forget. And he'd say, you know, he says, I'm not sure why God put me in this school. He says, but I'm going to trust him to do the best job I can as long as I'm here. I think, you know what? That's integrity. That's godliness. And we all need to live our lives that way to say, I don't understand why God has me where he has me. But I'm going to trust him. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to be faithful. And I better uh, hurry up here if we're going to get through all 11. Next one. Number five. Paul says, I long to see you recalling your tears. And here we realize that there was a meaningful relationship between Paul and Timothy. How many of you know that part of a faith worth living is meaningful relationships? It's not just about you and about what you want and your blessings, your preferences. But it's about connecting with other people that God has sovereignly put in your life so that you will have meaningful relationships. Someone once said, you can choose your friends, but only God can choose your brothers and sisters. That's true, isn't it? Look around you this morning. These are the brothers and sisters that God has chosen for you. And the more meaningful your relationship with them, the more fulfilling your Christian life will be. Do you ever just stop and just think about the people that God has put in your life and to be grateful for those people along the faith journey? You know, Ginger and I are grateful for our family and friends and people here in Albuquerque. But, you know, we have people in California that we served with some 30 years ago, that still are like family to us. And in Virginia, we've got family there. And in Oklahoma, family there. And people across the country and around the world. Why is that? Because faith is about meaningful relationships. And they really are a treasure that we need to preserve and not take for granted. And so, certainly, that made Paul's faith worth living and is a good example for us. Sixth characteristic I want you to see is so that I want to see you so that my joy may be full. Filled with joy. And here it's directly about his relationship with Timothy as he gets to see him. But, you know, the Lord promised that we would experience joy. In our relationship with him. Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy part makes our faith worth living. Joy is not dependent upon our circumstances. Joy is dependent upon the fountainhood of God. And his love and his faithfulness and his provision. That never interrupts. And so the joy that we have is truly a great gift. There's more as we continue. He says, I have reminded, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. And so this is the characteristic of a sincere faith. An authentic relationship with God. We're not talking here about a pretend Christian. We're not talking about a person who appears to be a Christian. 
we're talking about a sincere faith. And can I ask you this personal question? How sincere is your faith? Is it real? Is it authentic? Are you just going through the motions hoping to appear to be a follower of Christ? Or is it sincere? God wants you to know Him in your innermost being and to know His goodness and for that to transform you in a way which is truly remarkable. We see next, this would be the eighth characteristic, that there is this faith, this sincere faith, wasn't just Timothy's, but it was a heritage from his mother and his grandmother. And here, here we see the heritage of a great faith and what a treasure that it is. You know, the faith that we receive from those who pray for us and teach us and pass on the faith to the next generation is a greater treasury, a greater inheritance than anything else that we can receive in this world. How many of you have sometime wished that you would inherit some great fortune unknown to you? Well, of course we do. But realize this, we have inherited a great fortune, a great treasure through the faith that has been passed on to us. I think about my grandmother who uh, grew up in Germany. And as her faith grew and her family developed, she prayed that someday God would produce a minister in the family. And she told me before she went to heaven that she believed that I was the one that she had prayed for. It's pretty obvious after I'd been ordained, right? She didn't, she didn't even want to tell me before that. She wanted to be sure that I was committed and that I was going to carry on whether she was still praying for me or not. And that's the kind of heritage that goes from generation to generation. And it's very important, isn't it? Ginger and I now grandparents. We're grateful to be grandparents. And we're looking at our granddaughter and we're saying, what a treasure And we want her to have all the heritage of our faith. All the good things that we have to share, invest in her for the future. And so it was with Timothy as he received from his mother and grandmother. And how Paul pointed to that as a very valuable heritage. Three more, quickly. Number nine, we realize that This was something that Timothy just didn't inherit, but he says, I persuaded now lives in you also. So Paul's saying to Timothy, I'm persuaded that you have the same personal relationship with Christ that your mother and your grandmother had. And then number 10, Paul refers to the laying on of hands and the gift that Timothy received and how that gift needed to be stirred up as he apparently was timid or shy about presenting his faith and being a bold leader. And Paul saying, stir up that gift. Know this, that the gift that God has given you has great value. And so we see the 10th characteristic of the spiritual giftedness that all of us have. Are you grateful for the spiritual gifts that God has given you? which are more valuable than any material gift 
any privilege that you might have, the gift that God has given you. And then finally, number 11, I want you to see this. And that is the gift that was received through the laying on of hands, which was the blessing of the church and the value of being part of a spiritual family. Wow. It makes our faith worth living, knowing that we have a spiritual family that cares about us. And the laying on of hands was the commissioning of Timothy for his ministry, and he saw it as a very important historic event in his life. And I think we need to realize that what happens here with the family of God is important and special as we recognize that there are blessings that come through God's family which are truly wonderful. Well, now when we get to your verse, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but power and love and a sound mind, we realize, wow, God has called us to a life that is truly worth living. Can we enjoy our faith? Can we be grateful? Have you noticed that as much as this world shakes, as much as trouble comes, as much as there is uncertainty, God doesn't change. And that He faithfully holds us and keeps us regardless of what else is going on. Well, this morning as we conclude, I want us to come to the communion table and just express our gratitude to God for this wonderful faith which is so truly worth living. And let's leave this morning encouraged to live and to let our light shine and reach out to other people that may not realize what a great blessing this faith worth living truly is. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming before your table. We thank you for this great gift of faith you have given us. Help us, O God, even this morning, to be encouraged as we renew covenant with you through this cup and this bread. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.